grace and goodness this morning to us for your word. We do ask that you, O Lord, would break our hearts, help us to see ourselves before you, help us to walk in the truth. May we see and know and understand and perceive the truth. May you deliver us from all lies and deception. Deliver us from the evil one, Father. Help us. Have mercy on us. And may we be honest before you. And may we be healed. For we ask this in Christ. Amen. Well, if you remember last week, we looked at some of the roadblocks that come into our lives, that can come into our lives, and prevent us from experiencing God in the ways that we actually should. This week we're going to stay in that same lane and look at the greatest roadblock. The greatest roadblock to you and to me experiencing and knowing God. And this one is so significant that it requires a sermon all its own. In the book, Black would be titled this chapter, Returning to God but I'm titling it The Greatest Roadblock. And you will see why at the end of the sermon. You'll see how this all comes together. You'll probably see why before that, actually. Do you realize that many of us here, that many of you here are dishonest? Sorry to break it to you, Mike. And I don't mean that we speak lies or deceit or we're dishonest with our lips. I'm not meaning that. I mean that we're not completely honest with our lives. So if someone asks you what you believe about this or that, what will you do? You will tell them the truth. Or if they ask you to witness a situation or be a witness to a situation, you would testify correctly. And most of us are honest people about what we believe and what we think when people ask us. So what do we conclude from this? I'm an honest person, right? If I were to ask you, are you an honest person? You'd say, yeah. Do you tell lies? You'd say, no, I speak the truth. Well, that's wonderful. But if we're honest about ourselves, if we're truly honest about our lives, this can be a little different. This is a little different thing altogether. Because we often aren't honest about our lives, about ourselves, when it comes to the deeper things in our lives. We might have had some dark thoughts about others, about God, or even about ourselves. But no one ever knows about it. Or perhaps we've had some secret that we want no one ever to know about. A dark secret. Or perhaps we've had a relationship with God that is distant and formal and maybe if we're completely honest maybe even it's non-existent yet we don't tell anyone and we try to act like everything is just fine just fine the problem is whenever we do or say something that's dark and wrong whenever we think something that's dark and wrong whenever we When someone, actually even if someone else, does something toward us that's dark and wrong, our conscience immediately senses guilt. 
immediately. And then with this guilt, we feel shame. And now with shame, we begin to believe the lie that God and others who, who, whom we care about wouldn't accept us if they knew the truth about us. You see, I don't care what you do. When you sin, when you do something sinful, when you think sinful thoughts, when you say sinful things and you do sinful things, when you perhaps dishonor or you become idolatrous or you hate in your heart or you lust in your heart, do you realize what happens the moment you do that? You feel guilty. Do you know what happens when you feel guilty? You experience shame. Do you know what happens when you experience shame? What do you want to do? Hide. Cover up. You don't want anybody to know about it. We conclude that if we hide our flaws, if we hide our weaknesses, if we hide our sins, and become what others think they want us to be, that we will be accepted, everything will be at peace, and we can live a problem-free life. But because we lack integrity, and our conscience has hidden guilt and shame on it, we sense a gap in our relationships. We know that deep down we are not being honest. And we know deep down that others really don't truly know us. However, at the same time, we know that God knows us. We know that God sees us for who we really are. He sees it all. And this makes it even worse. Because we know that He knows and sees our dishonesty. And because of this, we can end up with a fake relationship with God and others. Because of this, we often have fake relationships. Jesus said to the Pharisees in Matthew 23, 25 and following, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Do you realize he, this is a word he says throughout this whole section. He constantly calls them hypocrites. For you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and of the dish, so that the outside of it may become clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Do you realize the deal with Pharisees is that they were fakes? They worked so hard to present a certain holy and godly image before others. But it didn't line up with what was true of them on the inside. The inside was dirty and the outside was clean. They were hypocrites. They were dishonest. It wasn't real. And when the inside and the outside don't line up, you have guilt and shame because you know it. And all you want to do is cover it up. All you want to do is you feel pressure. You feel pressure to put it on on the outside. You know, church folk, 
Have you ever felt pressure to put it on? Of course. Because you're afraid that if people saw what was truly in there, they wouldn't like me anymore. They wouldn't accept me. They would, they would distance themselves from me. And when we have guilt and we have shame and we know there's a dishonesty, we are not able to have fully honest and real relationships where we know that we are, we know that everything about us inside and out is loved. And we know that we love deeply and truly everything about them. That's pure and honest relationships that you know everything and yet you love. And when you're shame, what do you want to do? You're always trying to hide something, which only adds to your insecurities and your shallow relationships. But even worse, because of this, your relationships and experience of God is either non-existent or it's greatly suffering because you know He knows you're hiding. You're faking it. And He isn't pleased with that. But what keeps us here is that we believe the lie that if people knew what we really look like, or if they knew what we really thought, or if they knew what we really did last night, that they would pull back from us, and they wouldn't accept us, and they wouldn't like us as much as they used to. I mean, come on, let's write, let's get honest. Boy, I wouldn't want you to know what I thought. If you knew what I thought, you wouldn't really probably want anything to do with me. Isn't that how we think? And so we hold on and we live in fear and guilt and shame and we distance ourselves. And it creates distance. And so we're trapped in fear and our insecurities rule over us. And then we start to believe the next lie. It says, if I hide my flaws and imperfections and my dark spots and try to be be who I think God and others would like me to be, Then I'll be loved. Then I'll be accepted and respected by others in my life. But you know what? It creates bondage because you know. You know it's a farce. You know it's a fake. You know you're not being ruled. Real. You know you're hiding. You know the honest, real, true self that's in there and the insecurities and the weaknesses and the sins and the dark spots. You know them. And you know you're not being real. And because of this, you fail to experience, experience the real freedom and power and presence of God in your life. And it can be so hollow. It can be so empty. But it's not supposed to be this way. Because we can have real relationships. We can have a real relationship with God and with others. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, paradise with God, how did God describe it at the very beginning? After he created them, and they were created, and everything was there, and he says, it's very good. Very good. Now when God says it's very good, he means it's very good. He's not exaggerating. He's not given to hyperbole. He isn't overstating the case. In fact, he's probably understating the reality from man's perspective. Just think of being completely whole, secure, 
loved, accepted, and fulfilled in every area of your life. Your relationship with God, with one another, and the creation would be so deep, rich, and pure that it would sometimes feel like it overwhelmed you. They would be the most amazing and fulfilling experiences you could ever have. You ever have wonderful relationships? You ever have moments where it's deep, it's real, it's honest, and it's good? And at that moment, you feel like you're tasting heaven? I hope you've had those moments. And you know it's you know what real goodness is all about. Because I know you've tasted the fake. I know you've tasted the insecurity. I know you've tasted that, that hollow feeling of empty. I know you've probably had a relationship where, yeah, you know, I, sh- I sure wish it was deeper. But you know both parties are holding back. Both parties have something to hide. Do you realize that our whole well-being comes from having nothing hidden or to cover between us and our God and one another, and yet still being loved and accepted? This is knowing and being known inside and out. But the moment Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what happened? Their eyes were opened. Their eyes were opened and this all changed. They knew what evil was. And they knew they had just committed it. And with the knowledge of good and evil also came the knowledge of guilt and shame for committing it. And with the shame came embarrassment and a deep desire to hide and to cover up. How do we know that? What did Adam do? He split. He ran. And he covers up. When you know you're naked and you're not naked in the appropriate place, you cover up. And you look for the first bush. And so they are hiding. Why? They feel shame. They're shameful. Because they've been exposed. And they don't want to be exposed. They want to cover it up. It also brought with it an internal knowledge that the relationship was broken and a fellowship, the fellowship they had with God and with each other was torn apart. They know that. They knew that. They experienced that in their souls. But that wasn't it. God removed them from the garden and from this intense blessing in His presence. So now they're outside the garden. They're outside of His presence. It's a broken fellowship with God. Their lives now are feeling empty and they're feeling shameful and guilty. And, 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 and what He has now is He has experienced these broken relationships, being not, not knowing what it means to be fully whole again and complete. Longing now, looking forward to being restored, to being made whole again. And now He's a man clinging to a promise. That's all He has from God. And because of all this, he knew what it meant to die on the inside. And the moment you eat of it, you will surely die. And boy, did Adam die. And we've been experiencing this death ever since. This was such a mess. And it's the reason why we don't have real relationships. Deep relationships. Fulfilling relationships. Whole relationships. Where with God and with others, it's, it's in the light it's pure and undefiled. 
it's exposed and it's loving and it's and it's there's no shame, there's no embarrassment in it. But we lost our source of life, we lost our source of security, we lost our joy, and we lost our blessing. Imagine if you're at home soaking in a tub and you're thoroughly enjoying yourself. You'd feel safe and secure and blessed. Yet, what's what's a reality there? You're naked. You're completely naked and you're completely vulnerable. But because of the setting and where you're at, you're, you, you, you're delighting yourself and it's wonderful. Now let's take the tub with you in it and put it in the center of the mall. Everything is changed. You feel naked. You feel ashamed. You feel insecure. You feel like exposed. You're terrified. Now all of a sudden, hey, wait, wait a second. Same thing. Why, why were you so comfortable and why was everything just wonderful and such a blessing in the privacy of your own home? It's because the moment you feel your nakedness, the moment you understand it and you're before others, it just heightens your shame. And, you, and you're afraid, you're terrified. At that moment, you were absolutely terrified of being ridiculed, laughed at, rejected, and it exposes us deeply. When God was all around protecting them, covering them, and giving them his life in the garden, there was nothing but safety, security, wholeness, and joy. Nothing to be ashamed about. Nothing to hide. Only his goodness to be enjoyed. But the real question, if we find that we don't have honest and real relationships with God and with others, is how do we get there? Okay, I don't. I'm not there. I am broken. These relationships, it's, it's true what you're saying. Is there any way, is there any hope, is there any way that we can get a renewed relationship? That it can be restored? And the answer is yes. But we have to understand a renewed and everlasting relationship can only begin, only begin, only begin with Jesus. And us coming clean before him. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. I have come to set the captives free. I have come for the unrighteous and the, un- and the wicked. I have come for those who are in guilt and shame. Jesus is the one. He says, when the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. He's come to do this. And he came and said this to people who were filled with death. They were sick. They were dirty. They were unrighteous. They were unclean. There were those full of shame and guilt, and there were those who were faking it, who had fake and hollow relationships all around them. We saw the Pharisees, completely fake relationships with God, trying to impress everybody, total hypocrites, washing the outside, just like us, but inside or empty. Jesus didn't come for people who were pretty, had it all together, and didn't have any guilt or shame to hide. He came for people who have dark things inside. 
like you and me. He came to set us free so that we could be real, honest, forgiven, and healed. He didn't come so we could cover up and hide. He didn't come so that we could be extra insecure and try to impress everybody with everything on the outside. He didn't come so that we could have fake relationships. He came so that it could be real. Real and deep and good. He came that you might have life and have it to the fullest, overflowing. But you know what? This is the hardest thing in the world to believe. In fact, it's impossible. Because we are people convinced that if we expose ourselves, we wouldn't be loved. Are you kidding? There's no way I'd be loved. We would be rejected. We'd be ridiculed. We'd be pushed away. And there's no way we can't handle that. But the opposite is true. Because when we expose ourselves to Jesus and before others and we've got nothing to hide and we come clean, we experience the healing and the cleansing of Jesus. This is why Jesus wanted the woman at the well to know that he knew she had seven lovers. You ever wonder why he brought this up with her? Go get your husband and come back to him. Come back here. Well, I have no husband. He says, you're right. In fact, you've had seven men, seven lovers. Whoa. He exposed her. He exposed this thing as part of the most shameful thing that you can imagine. He tells her, I know. Because, and here's why, he's exposing her so that she could know that he knows, and yet he still offers her living water. That's our fear. If you knew, you wouldn't offer. But he's saying, well, I'm going to tell you something. I know, and I know, and I offer. He isn't going to shame her. He isn't going to reject her. He isn't going to push her away. He isn't going to be disgusted with her. He's going to love her, cleanse her, heal her, and give her the water of life. Jesus spent his life, but especially his death, demonstrating his love. If you read the Gospels, Jesus can't stand hypocrites. He can't stand phonies. He can't. The harshest, most biting words, go back to Matthew 23 and read the whole section of woes to the Pharisees. He hates it. They're fakes. They put it on. They're trying to show up to church all the time with a smile and everything's, everything's just great in my life. But inside, there's just nothing but dead man's bones. And yet Jesus runs into the questionable woman at the well to 
give her credit. I mean, forgives prostitutes and all kinds of sinners. And he, and he demonstrates over and over again, I did not come for the righteous, but for the unrighteous. I did not come for those who, who want to put on a show and say they have it all together. I came for those who, like, they know they don't have it all together. They know they're broken, and they know they've got lots going on inside. And I think we all realize that we aren't fully loved until we know that someone will love us knowing the worst and darkest things about us. Isn't that your greatest fear? If I told you, if you knew, you, what would you do? I would probably repel you. That's our fear. That you wouldn't you would no longer think of me the same way. You would no longer accept me the way you do. You'd no longer respect me. You would no longer have, have any idea or thought of me being a decent person. And that terrifies us, doesn't it? But when we're convinced that Jesus will love us unconditionally and accept us the way we are, we will come forward in our guilt and we'll come forward in our shame and we'll confess it openly before God and others. You ever see somebody who's just real and just honest and they're, they've got nothing to hide? Oh, you think that's dark. I've got one darker. It's just like, I'll tell you, and, and, and when someone's so transparent about what's in here and out here, that person is a whole person who's been healed and cleansed. Because, you know what? Uh, if, if they have not experienced the healing and cleansing of Christ, there's always, they're always trying to hide. It's really, really uh, difficult to do that unless you truly believe the promises of Jesus that he's come to cleanse and to heal and to forgive and he'll accept you. That's why so many people lay traps have fake relationships. They're not real. And they themselves, they know they're a fake. They know they're a phony. They know they're always putting it on. They've never experienced the healing and the cleansing of Jesus. But when we get real, and when we're honest about what's going on, and we're willing to come in, walk into the light and expose what's going on, here's the promise. 1 John 1 9 says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. James promises something similar when he says that we are to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another that we may be healed. This is why our hiding, our covering up, and living in the lies. will keep us from experiencing and knowing the cleansing and healing of Jesus is because this terrifies us. Being real before God and others, being honest, taking the things that we think are shameful and exposing them. That's what he talks about. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another to be healed. If, if, you, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness because that person is willing to take their shame and willing to take their guilt and willing to take the things that they're hiding and open them up and expose them and then Jesus comes and heals them and cleanses them and frees them. 
truth is, if we won't come clean before God and others, if we're still hiding things we don't want others to know about, we can know for sure that we're not going to experience and know the healing and the cleansing in Christ Jesus. You know that promise that we read in First John 1, 9? The feeling, have you felt the cleansing? Have you experienced the cleansing of unrighteousness? Being restored and made whole. If not, you're faking it. You have to. But once we come out of hiding and humbly expose ourselves, we're healed and we're cleansed. Jesus, like the woman at the well, says, No, I know everything about you. Let's bring it out to the surface. Let's make it known. Let's bring it into the light. She probably felt like crawling under a rock, but Jesus offers her living water. Once, so, and once we come to this place, once we come out of hiding, once we humbly expose ourselves and experience the cleansing and the renewal and the healing, we will be able to love and to be loved and to experience God as we never have before. The faking it is over. Perhaps you want to experience God in the in this particular way. But you know what? You might be sitting there and you think, have you, have you felt the paralyzation of fear? Like you can't move. I want to, but I can't. It seems to control you. You might even know what you need to do, but are fearful to do it because you don't believe in your heart that those who care about you would still accept you. I can't tell you how many excuses I've heard about guys who've got into pornography and would not tell their wives. Because if I told them, they would, they would be it. It would be over. Trapped by lies. No, it's your freedom, my friend. But you refuse to confess it. And you hide and you lurk in darkness and you remain and you stay there because you will not you don't expose it if you're ever wondering how controlling and paralyzing this fear is just imagine just imagine for a moment walking up here in front of this whole congregation and confessing your darkest secret <laughs> No thanks. And why? To feel the fear? Imagine doing it and feel the fear. I want you to feel that. That shame. It's a terror that you would not be loved or accepted. That paralyzes you and keeps you in its grip. It's a lie. You're being held in bondage by a lie. The truth is, you look out here and you're going to know every single one of these people, they're just as sinful as you are. And if they deny it, they're liars. But we don't think anybody's like us. We think, oh, I'm the worst. They wouldn't understand. 
Oh, we all understand. And if you're half honest, you really understand. But here we are, telling ourselves lies, believing lies, and remaining trapped and paralyzed in fear. But then again, think of the cost of not being free. Of not experiencing the life and joy that is in Christ. Of not knowing the glories and the joys of God's presence. Of not being made whole and complete. There's a cost to walking in lies. Because Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. He is the truth. And you'll know the truth about Him. And you know the truth when you know that He will love you, that He will accept you, that He will cleanse you, that He will heal you, that He will make you whole. And you cling to that. And you come and you offer yourself to Him. And you open yourself up. And, he, and you deal with all the trash. You deal with the lies. You deal with the insecurities. You deal with the lust. You deal with the hate. You deal with the idolatry in your, in your heart and your mind. You deal with the stuff, the rebellion that's going on with you. You, do, you deal with the pride. You get it out. You expose it before Him. And He cleanses and heals you. You should have nothing to hide, right? If you're healed and you're cleansed, shouldn't we? Shouldn't I have nothing to hide? Shouldn't this be the community? Shouldn't it be the community of restoration? Shouldn't the church be the place like the Garden of Eden again where you're accepted and loved and whole because of what Jesus has done? Yet it, 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 some strange, crazy reason, it just creates a community of fakes so often. We're faking it. We're putting on the smile. We're putting it on. When's the last time you heard anybody confess dark secrets to you, sins to you? Maybe never. When's the last time the things that are dark have been exposed to the light? Maybe never. But you just keep putting it on and faking it. And we tell her some, some stupid proverb that we have nowadays, fake it till you make it. No. No. Be real. That's what we need. We need to be real. We need to be open and honest before God and before one another. And, you know, there's nothing, we should just, there's nothing in me that I desire to hide. I'll put it all out there. And I want, the Lord Jesus has accepts me and he's cleansed me and he's healed me. I've got nothing to hide. And I know that that's the way of cleansing and the way of healing is to continue to walk in the light before him. As I, as I conclude this morning, I want you to think deeply about this question in your heart. Is there any secret in you that you would be unwilling to confess to your wife or to others? If there is, You're faking it because you're hiding. And boy, do I know what this is like. This is indeed the greatest roadblock we will ever experience in the relationship and experience of God.
If you want to know wholeness, if you want to know the experience and presence and power of God in your life, you have to come clean. Are you overwhelmed by your insecurities? By the fact that you just have such a lack of transparency in your life? You have to come clean. Get honest before God and before others. Stop faking it and experience His healing, His cleansing, and His power in your life. I urge you, please, all of us, we, I need to, you need to. We need to be people of integrity where the inside matches the outside. We need to stop having fake relationships and be renewed so that we can then have real relationships and walk with integrity before God and others as those who've got nothing to hide. Nothing. And that, my friends, will bring with it a joy and a blessing and an experience of God that's nothing short of transforming Amen. Father, Father, I ask and I, I plead on behalf of all of us that we truly would be willing to walk in the light and to be real and to be honest about the darkness that's in us. We wouldn't, in our shame, want hide and cover up, but we'd rather bring our shame to you and expose it and open ourselves up to our others so that we would be healed and cleansed. Please, Father, please, I pray for every person here right now this morning who's hiding, who's covering up, who's faking it. Oh, God, please, please work so deeply in our hearts that we would we would long for your cleansing and your healing. That we would be heavily burdened with the lies that we're believing. That the darkness in us would no longer be covered, but rather exposed. Please, Lord, please, work in us. Work in us now. I thank you for hearing. I thank you for doing what only you can do. I thank you for being good to us. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Amen.